What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Down for the Count. This is part two of It's a Lot Going On series on our podcast. This episode of the podcast is going to focus on MLW, Impact, New Japan, and WWE. So we got some small, minor news from each one of these companies, and we got a lot of news from WWE, from MLW being on Vice TV, to Jordan Grace resigning, to Tessa Blanchard and Diamond Mine with NXT, and of course, Daniel Bryan's contract being up, and where he could possibly end up or what he could possibly not be doing, you know? So we're going to get into all of that and so much more in this episode of Down for the Count. We'll see you guys in there. MLW is getting a lot of screen time, I guess you can say, and a lot of news because they recently garnered the deal with Vice TV. They moved all of their content from YouTube over to Vice TV. So we'll be able to watch MLW on our TV screens on a regular station very soon. The key thing about that is though, Selena has been in MLW wreaking havoc for a couple of months. Quite some time she's been over there just showing her whole ass. And we saw why recently. Azteca Underground is supposed to be getting a resurgence and everybody is freaking out because they're like, if this is their way of bringing Lucha Underground back, then all hell has begun to break loose in the wrestling community. (laughs) You see? (laughs) Now, if you don't know, what you don't know is a lot, okay? (laughs) And Nicole are very, very big fans of Lucha Underground. I was aware of Lucha Underground, but I did not watch it as avidly as they did, okay? So when I got introduced to Lucha Underground in terms of their match quality and what they provided, it was dead and gone by then. Now, you started to see some of Lucha Underground's former stars pop up all across wrestling entertainment in terms of bigger companies. In AEW, you've got Pentagon over there. You've got, in MLW, you've got the um, Tag Team Champions, I believe. Uh-huh. You've got Selena over there. You've got... Um, Thunder Rosa was in Lucha Underground. A lot Thunder of people Rosa don't was know there. that. And then the, uh, Ivelisse was there at one point. You had Ricochet was playing um, Prince Puma. Um, Swerve mm-hmm. to be um, Killshot. You had a lot of people who popped up in Lucha Underground and really got their feet wet. Rey Mysterio was there at one point too, as was John Morrison. They really got their feet wet there and Morrison just continued and Rey continued. They were able to kind of build on their careers or start their careers in terms of mainstream wrestling and Lucha Underground. For me, in my state, it came on on the El Rey Network. Yep. Every Wednesday is when I would see it come on. So I would watch it and there would be some matches and I'd be like, okay, this is kind of cool. I'll watch it next week. You know, I wouldn't think anything of it. Little did I know motherfuckers was getting their asses kicked and bitches was jumping off of fucking buildings into the damn it that was some crazy shit going on in Lucha Underground. <laughs> Lucha Underground yeah. so much. Io Shirai was on Lucha Underground too. Yeah, yeah, she was part of the Black Lotus. Yeah. 
We had a lot of people who were a part of Lucha Underground at one point. Some of the most wrestlers have passed through Lucha Underground's doors at some point that are mm-hmm. currently on TV, okay? So, Sunny Kiss. Yeah. So if you're watching the little clips that they're giving you with MLW and you see the chairman pop up and then he's telling Selena she didn't do her job and now he's going to have to come back and do it for her. It's very interesting to see where this is going to go. So the last thing you see is Azteca Underground in this clip. This clip is available on Instagram if you want to go and see it. And it's just a storyline where they kidnap Selena and they tell her she ain't been doing her job. The chairman makes it very clear that he don't need her to do it because she obviously can't. He's going to do it. It goes off and then Azteca Underground pops up. So I don't know if Azteca Underground is going to be an add-on to MLW or if it's going to be a show of its own. But it is being shown through MLW at this point. Oh yeah, she left MLW, I forgot. Yeah, so I'm very, very interested in seeing where this is going to go. Now, do you guys know when MLW is supposed to premiere on the Vice Network or if it has premiered on Vice TV yet? According to their social media, that that was their season finale. So they'll probably take the summer off and then probably come back like late September because their whole thing got messed up because of COVID. Yeah, um but they're really oh my god like if y'all are not watching mlw y'all need to watch mlw mlw said to premiere on vice tv this saturday at 12 p.m oh it's gonna be on saturday on vice tv okay well never mind they're not competing with anything on saturday saturdays no wrestling comes on oh it's already been on vice tv they've been on vice tv this whole time Oh, shit. Um, so I'm looking at something from two weeks ago and it goes MLW on Vice TV premieres this Saturday. So they've been coming on on Saturday. Okay. Well, MLW is on Vice TV on Saturdays. So I highly recommend that you guys watch it. If that was their series finale, then it'll probably run reruns and then they'll have their um, season premiere probably sometime in the fall during sweeps. Okay. So uh, y'all ain't ready for this shit because they got um oh fuck i can never pronounce his name but like the monster of lucha underground um not montez uh oh i can't fucking pronounce his name to save my goddamn life i am so sorry and he was like one of my favorite guys because if you want a monster he's a monster but i just i can't pronounce his name that's the white in me i'm sorry uh <laughs> But, like, when I saw that, when I saw El Jefe again, I was like, ah! She's like, so I was so happy. Like, I screamed. I legit fucking screamed. And it's just, oh, like, okay, you. No, go ahead, Alexis. If you want a good example of hardcore wrestling, go watch Lucha Underground. Because they had matches where you were saying, holy shit. And it made you feel like you were watching, like, uh, there was a there. I love their my two favorite three favorite matches was uh Pentagon versus AR Fox or was it was it Killshot? It was one of those two, but it was like because that was the one I sent you tip and you were like, what the fuck are you watching? And me it and Nicole were like, Dante versus um it was Dante versus Killshot, and she said okay, one of- match, and I'm sitting here like, 
what is happening? And they're like, Janae, they were literally, they were fighting. It was a good match, but it was, it was the stunts because they had glass in there. That was real glass. That was not some fucking plastic shit that they put down that may stick in your back. It was real glass. And Killshot got thrown on his back on the glass. They had boards with real barbed wire on it. They ended up like fighting on top of the where the car was. They had this armored car because the story was they were brothers in the army and Killshot left Dante for dead. That wasn't what happened in the story, but that's how Dante interpreted it. And then they get to the top and he's like, he hits him in the head with the beer bottle and then he falls. He kicks him and he falls through the roof of the car. I was in my room freaking out. And my father is like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, I'm in here watching this damn Lucha Underground match and these motherfuckers is killing each other. I've never seen anything like that ever. That was brutal. Mantanza, I can't pronounce his fucking name. Then they had, because Prince, that's when uh, Ricochet was about to show up in NXT. So they had what they call a last rights match. And what this was is that they took fucking actual like coffins and like, not like, you know, like legit, it looks like they stole these from a goddamn funeral home. (laughs) And they painted them up to look like they belonged in Dia de los Muertos. They painted it up with the sugar skulls, the flowers, everything. And it was a casket match. But like at one point, Montaza, uh, I'm going to call him Monster Dude because I can't pronounce his name. I'm sorry. I love you. I just cannot pronounce your name. He fucking legit body slammed Ricochet into this thing. And this thing caves the fuck in. And Ricochet is screaming. like, And it's like Oh my god! You, like I'm gonna watch Lucha Underground when we're done here. Fuck this. Yeah, um, and my, on YouTube, there's a YouTube, and, as, and you can watch a compilation of all the craziest shit they've done. When my you watch favorite that compilation, match, you will freak out. It is so. My, oh my god! My, oh my favorite match. Even though I fucking hate her now, it was a no moss match, which is like you know I quit, which is no oh, like you can't take anymore. Mariposa. Mariposa. Them bitches, like at one point, Sexy Star just threw a chair at Mariposa. Like, she's just like, get the fuck away from me. And she throws it at her. And it's like, she took a fucking beating in that match. But oh my, oh my God. <laughs> like, when they went all out, they went all the fuck. Like, you gotta watch this, Janae. Like, holy shit. <laughs> I'm, I'm, oh my God. No, they did. And, it, and, and again, this wasn't, when you look at it and you watch it, they did bleed. But you can tell why. Sexy Star took a chair to the head at least twice. There was no way she wasn't going to be busted open. She still had a mask on and she still was busted open. You didn't. Her mask got fucked up. Yeah, you didn't see them pulling out blades or anything like that. That whole match, all you were focused on was the wrestling because they continued to wrestle throughout the whole match. But I'm glad 
that MLW is getting some shine because they do deserve it and they do have good matches and they have decent storylines on MLW. I'm also glad that Azteca Underground is something. I don't know what it is, if it's a faction, if that means that he's going to be a part of MLW in some kind of way. I don't know, but we know that the chairman is there, Selena is there, and a whole bunch of shit is going to go down in the next season of MLW. So. Selena's not there no more. <laughs> She'll oh, probably show up again. She'll no, she actually, no, she actually left MLW. Why? Well, the I way they know, said it. Actually, Sorry, go ahead. No, like she posted everything, everything. Like she um, thanked them and everything, but like, no, like she literally, she her contract's done. She left MLW. That's what I was saying. Like she gone. Because here's the way they set it up. They did it so good. They made it like a mafia horror movie where Zelina's in the room she's scared because here's this bad bitch that's been causing chaos for for months now okay she was she gets sent to this room she was sent into this room is when El Jefe turned around you could see fear in her eyes and when he gets closer to her she starts screaming and the camera cuts off I was like, they just mafia hit her. Again, yeah, the storyline is basically she, she, got, she got killed, but in reality, so like, good. like <laughs> outside of kayfabe, reality, yeah. guys, like, she's not she coming, left. she's done with them. Yeah, she's left, left. Well, that was a good way to send her off, though. The yes. bitch got killed by the Mexican mafia. <laughs> like, shit. And on just, another good note, Myra Reed did regain his middleweight title from Leo Rush. So congratulations to you, Myron Reed. I do give Myron Reed a lot of flack because I feel like I don't like I don't like Jordan Oliver. So <laughs> I give him a lot of flack for him, but I don't disrespect Myron Reed and what he's capable of in the ring. I do give that man his props for that. So respect to you for getting your title back because Real talk, you've pretty much been the most exciting aspect of that title for a long time. So good for mm-hmm. you, Byron. Now, Impact, we only got a little bit of news from Impact today because Jordan Grace did re-sign with Impact shortly after she gained the Impact Tag Team titles. Now, um, she, she is going to defend them at the next pay-per-view against Fire and Flavor. They're going to get their rematch, I guess. I suspect that Jordan and Ellery will probably retain those titles and move on from there. Um, New Japan had some issues when it came to COVID. Nine wrestlers came down with the virus, and it is evident that there is an issue with... um, the superstars in New Japan wrestling. If they don't contain it, this could cause a super spreader situation similar to the way that it happened in AEW and of course in WWE. So I hope that those superstars in New Japan get them get the help they need and that eventually they get over the COVID this, um, virus. But um, they have to be more careful about where their superstars are going and who they're wrestling, especially here in the States about Half of some of the states are vaccinated. I know here in Ohio, half of our state is vaccinated. Some people are intentionally not being vaccinated. So that still leaves room for the virus to spread. 
So mm-hmm. you guys have to be extra, extra careful out there. Not just with wrestling, but just in life general. If you're not going to get vaccinated, that's your choice. At least do the world a favor and wear your mask. Which they won't, but that's another story. Okay. Now we got WWE shit. Do we have to? Drink after this. <laughs> What's the yes, heavy shit? We have to, yes. Daniel Bryan has no contract in WWE currently. Now he had a match, what was that, last Friday against Roman Reigns. Finally, Nino Brown was able to beat somebody clean without cheating. So he didn't lowball nobody. You know, Jay Uso didn't come out there to help. You know, Cold Cut King didn't yell at him. You know, it was clean, clean win for Nino Brown. First ever. So happy for you, Nino. We so happy for you. Oh my God, I was, I was by the beginning to think he was ball obsessed. It was so blatant. But anyway, after that match, Daniel Bryan, technically, Daniel Bryan was banned from SmackDown. He was told that he had to leave SmackDown forever and acknowledge y'all tribal chief, Nino Brown. Okay, my tribal chief. Period. Now, the reality is behind the scenes is Daniel Bryan's contract is up and he has no renewal on that contract. He isn't getting a new contract. They haven't said they offered him a new contract. If they did, he he hasn't signed anything. So Daniel Bryan is currently a free agent roaming around. Now I'm pretty sure that he wants to spend time with his daughter. And I think they have a son now, him and um, yeah. Bree. I think he wants to spend time with his daughter and his son and his wife, which I don't blame him, okay? But the question that everybody is asking is, do you guys think Daniel will eventually re-sign with WWE in more of a backstage role? It has been reported that Daniel does have interest in working backstage with the superstars and in a more of a producer capacity and creative as well. So I'm going to let you guys talk about that, and then I shall return. So, Janae, you go first. Alexis, you next. Um, I mean, if he does, good on him. They could use his mind to make the product better. Um, if he doesn't and he wants to spend more time with his family, I can't blame him. He did an interview where he talked about when he had his tag team match um, with uh, Cesaro against Seth Rollins and Jey Uso. His neck was wrecked to the point where he couldn't pick his kid up over his shoulders. Um, You know, it's he had the neck issues and they got better, but obviously, you know, you get older, your body starts to break down again. So, like I said, if he wants to stay backstage, I'm happy for him. Um, if he wants to just retire and spend time with his family, I'm happy for him. He wants to take one more last run with all of the, with other companies. Um, that's fine. I don't think he will. There's been hearsay that a lot of people are pretty sure that if he does sign anywhere, it's going to be with WWE again. Um, my opinion, I think he might take some time off and might come back sometime down the road as a, just working backstage. Um, but you know, he put in his work, he put in his time, he's a great wrestler, and he deserves this this vacation. 
I I totally agree. Um, I don't think Daniel should wrestle anymore because I mean, what's he got left to fucking prove? Um, Daniel Bryan is one of, if not the best wrestler that's came out within the what last what 10, 15 something years. And he he deserves time to to be with his kids and spend time with his wife and you know somewhere down the line maybe when the kids are a little bit older he'll be like you know what I want to go back but I want to produce I want to do behind the scenes stuff it'll kind of probably be like with Joe um because as much as I love Joe his body's breaking down on him too I I don't want to see him wrestle because even now like since he came back to wrestling every time he takes a hit I cringe I'm just like oh fuck oh fuck oh fuck um he's I mean he's got nothing else to prove he's already he's gone he's gonna go down in history as one of the best guys to ever lace up his boots he's got nothing else to prove um him saying that he can't lift up his like he couldn't lift up his kid you know he's always said he wants to stay around and be healthy and you know get old with free and you know, be there for his kids. I think what he's going to do is it's, he's going to, he's going to fully retire. And then maybe when the kids go older, he'll come back to be in a producer segment, but let him, let him just retire. Let him go out with, you know, give him the pomp and circumstance, put him in the goddamn hall of fame. I don't care what the fuck anyone says, put him in that goddamn (laughs) hall of fame like next year. Cause yeah. People have always, I, I've never met one person that doesn't like Daniel Bryan. Like, I never have. So he fucking deserves it. If he wants to stay at home, he, he's made his money. He wants to fucking stay at home and be with his wife and kids, then more fucking power to him, man. Pretty much, yeah. Well, guy, came back, guy came back from like, the biggest odds of you know what do they say he was close to being paralyzed right yeah yeah so i mean he fucking already beat that so it's just like let him get old let him have enjoy his kids well i don't mind you coming back in the producer capacity because god knows wwe can use all the help they can get right now mm. i also I was never a big Daniel Bryan fan, but I never said that the man couldn't wrestle. And he still, he was participating in one of my favorite matches. And I've been watching wrestling a long time. And I still say Adam Cole and Daniel Bryan's match is one of the greatest matches I've ever seen. And it was a one-off match. It wasn't, there wasn't anything to it. It was just, I ain't never wrestled you. You ain't never wrestled me. So let's get it. Let's go. They went out there and put on a classic, and it was so good. I don't have any ill will towards Daniel, and I hope that he's doing well. He seemed to be fine. I think that this was the, the perfect way to retire. Personally, I would have taken my bow at WrestleMania, but that's just me. However, I'm glad that he's able to make that decision for himself, and it's not impressed upon him like it was before. So I'm happy that he's able to walk away with his health and his mental intact and still be there for his children and his wife and be able to live his life. If he decides that he wants to come back and work for WWE, 
in a producer or creative capacity, then great. I have no problem with that because Daniel Bryan is a progressive thinker and he's smart enough to understand that maybe the old way isn't always the best way. He also understands that there's the talent that's like him can be built to be great and they just need the opportunity. So I'm okay with Daniel taking a break, possibly coming back in a more backstage capacity where he's not an on-screen character. I'm perfectly fine with that. And I'm also fine with him not coming back and just going home and living his best life at home with his wife. His wife got multiple businesses. I'm sure he can come up with something if he needs to. Sure it'll be vegan. One already though? No, he got like a vegan shoe company or some shit. He's got something vegan going on. Some so vegan, vegan pasta always got something vegan going. Okay, so. <laughs> Amen. Whatever you want to do, we, we, everybody's going to support you, okay? I might not, because I don't want my shoes to fall apart when I'm, but anyway, you, you, congratulations to you, and I hope everything works out for you. Moving on. Now, there's a Nexus documentary coming soon, but everybody seems to be focusing on Darren Young and his little dig at WWE. Now, of course, he's going to deny it. <laughs> but there's a tweet where he says, I'm wearing the t-shirt or the shirt of the greatest wrestling company in the world while being interviewed about his time in Nexus by the WWE <laughs> documentary team. So, my question is, what do you think is gonna happen when you, when your docu airs? Because they very well couldn't have started the documentary yet, or you know had the questioning yet, and they very well could be like, "Hey, we need you to take that T-shirt off while we're doing this interview." I mean, what was the what was the T-shirt he was wearing? What company? New Japan. Uh oh. Uh, I mean, when I saw it, it looked like he had been recording with it on. So more than likely, they'll, if anything, they want to be petty, they'll just blur it out. Or they'll just shoot him from the neck up. Yeah. yeah. Or they just won't put him in. That too. Because he wasn't, he wasn't a forefront member of Nexus. He wasn't somebody who stood out. And you do remember Darren Young being there, but he wasn't someone who was intricate in Nexus's success. So, I see, this is where it kind of gets me because like Darren Young, when he was released, um, he was really accident, like not accident prone, but he was injury prone. And uh, they were trying to build him up, but it wasn't really, it wasn't working. I mean, for God's sakes, they dug Bob Backlund out from the grave to try to get him over. <laughs> I just broke my phone. What the fuck? Um, so, like, I, he's, he's just been, he can be a little bitter when it comes to WWE sometimes. I don't know why depending on what day of the week it is and where the moon is on the on the natal chart and 
if the now, ocean is rising. I can't attest to how he was treated backstage, okay? Right. If that, and if that's the case, then he has every right to feel how he feels, okay? I'm going to get that out there before I say what I got to say. So some of y'all might not like what I got to say. <laughs> I just, I mean, if he wants to wear that, fine. Like we said, WWE will either shoot him from the neck up or they just will fucking cut him out altogether. Um, it's just going to be, because maybe, and it also could just be like, he's like, hey, remember I was in Nexus? Remember me? And it's like, you just no. say that. Why, why can't you just say, I'm shooting a documentary for Nexus and still wear your t-shirt? Or just don't say anything at all. Why are you, my problem is, here's my issue. And like I said, if he had people was treating him bad in the back, that's different because that can make anybody feel some type of way. Cool. My problem is Darren Young has been doing one-off interviews about his time in WWE for quite some time. This isn't the first time he's made his little slight digs. So people, a lot of people who are on Darren Young's side when it comes to him talking about his booking in WWE tend to forget that he's a two-time tag team champion with, um, what's his face? What is that man's name? Titus O'Neil. Okay. Primetime players were two-time tag team champions. Not to mention he had a whole stint in the group Nexus. After Nexus broke up, he had the two-time. He ran for twice. They was tag team champions twice. He then disappeared from TV for a while. Before that, he had told everybody that he was gay. Everybody was like, "Very young, get damn, okay. Moving on. Okay. He then got a whole push with Bob Backlund. The push initially started with him alone. It was not working. So they put him with a manager, which it happened to be Bob Backlund. That push was done twice. Okay? It did not work. And then after that, he was cut. Now, from what I heard, everybody was talking, they cut him because he was gay. I said, ma'am, no, they didn't. If they cut him because he was gay, they would have cut him after he announced he was gay. Now, I'm not saying he had the greatest push in the world, but the reality is Gary Young is a bland, average personality type of guy. There isn't much to him other than his physique. He doesn't have the charisma or the swag. And really, his wrestling is not all that much interesting. He's a mid-card, mediocre guy Mm. with a fro. That's it. There's nothing else. Now, if New Japan can use you, which I'm sure they could, great. I hope it works out for you. But all of the the shade and the sneak dissing and the the sad bullshit is childish and it's unnecessary. If you love being in New Japan, then say that. But why are you doing that while filming something that you were part of some years ago with another wrestling company? I can understand it better if WWE was like, you know, we're making this documentary because if, if we film as shitty wrestlers, then I can be like, well, you know what? You can say whatever the fuck you want to say about them because they dog you the fuck out. 
So I don't have no problem with it with that, but they they honoring you by doing the documentary in the first fucking place. But they don't have to. They got plenty of material to do a documentary on outside of Nexus. Just saying. I I don't know because here's the thing. If a big company like WWE fired you because you were gay, isn't that room? I mean, that's a lawsuit, first of all. Right, yes. Because it's discrimination against your sexual orientation, which right. honestly, no business should know or care about who or how you get fucked, honestly. As long as you're doing nothing illegal and everyone's a, uh, a adult that is consenting. It should be none of your damn business. Their damn business, what you do behind closed doors. I have okay? to agree. So let me just put that out of the way. There. If they fired you because you were gay, even if they, because WWE, you know, they have lawsuits up the ass, and they're able to keep a lot of this shit quiet. Let's be, yeah, let's I be real. They've sued since last year. Not, not recently, but like you know, something like this, they would have made. Because if this broke headlines that WWE was being sued because of their mistreatment of someone who is part of the LGBTQ plus community, shit would have gone sideways. Like it would have, like people would have been coming for WWE hard, like real hard. I don't think that was the case because it's like, I'm gonna sound like a real cunt for what I'm about to say. So please don't, bruh. You aren't the only gay guy or, or gay person in that locker room. And I'm just really tired of people who are like, oh, you know, uh, if you're if you're a wrestler, if you're a pro wrestler, you have to pretend you're you're not gay or whatever. Like, dude, shut the fuck up. It's like 2021. And I know he wrestled still when it was like the 2010s. But like even back then, it was just like you come out as you're gay, okay, cool. If you're uncomfortable with it, you don't have to be in the same locker room as me. I don't give a fuck. But you can't, I mean, fuck's sake, man. You weren't that good of a wrestler. You really weren't. I cannot remember one Darren Young match. And I remember you got let go. It was the same reason as Summer Rae because you guys began to get injured a lot. And if you're doing that and you're not really bringing anything to the table, WWE won't keep you. It's sure as shit fact. Just because even I'm pretty sure even if this if it happened because we're not completely we don't know exactly what happens okay but if that happened and WWE you sued WWE and that shit was the reason why you know they would have paid him off to keep him quiet for talking for the rest of his life they're like the goddamn mob they will keep you quiet and I know that sounds like a total asshole thing to say but. I'm going to say my piece and move on. <clears throat> Janae, do you have anything else to say or you want to move on? I don't know her. Oh. Well, anyway. I mean, I was watching after time, so I, I can't really. She really don't know her. Ooh, I Jim. really don't. I just know someone needed to cut his hair and twist it. Oh, God, we thank you. Anyway. <laughs> Let's talk about SmackDown and their non-use of the women as of lately. So Janae always comes with the receipts. 
she does. I mean, not a day goes by that Miss Janae don't make sure we have all the deets, auntie. Okay. <laughs> Someone posted, she posted a, a message in our group chat to tell us the average number of minutes per hour that are dedicated to women's matches. So Raw gets four minutes and 23 seconds. NXT gets six minutes and 42 seconds. That's the average. That doesn't mean that that's the extent of all of the women's matches, but on average, that's the amount of time you'll get for a women's match. Dynamite has a five minute match, five minutes, 29 seconds. Impact has five minutes and 21 seconds. And SmackDown has a measly two minutes and 56 seconds. So they average three minutes for women's matches. Now, the last couple of weeks of SmackDown, they've been giving women more shine, okay? Week before last, they had um, Tamina and Natalia going up against Nia and Shayna, and they actually had an extensive match. This past week, they had two women's matches. They were still relatively short, but it's more than the one-off women's match or women's segment that we normally get when it comes to SmackDown. Now, here's the thing for me. And then, Janae, you can go first since last time you didn't know um, Afro Man. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Look, we give the smoke to AEW for not utilizing their women properly. And therefore, WWE, you are no exception. In fact, you can get all of it. We'll set your ass on fire, okay? Let me get my now, look, that's fucking ridiculous. There's no reason why you got Bianca Belair as your SmackDown Women's Champion, and the only thing you know how to do for her is let her come out there and celebrate her championship. No man, Pam, okay? There ain't no reason why the women's matches is cut short, and I'm sorry, but I'm still mad at y'all for letting Ruby Riot tap out to fucking Carmella Friday. What? Okay? I'm pissed about that. No fucking way. Yes, ma'am. Oh, hell no. Y'all got to get it together. Now, I'm not saying that Carmella can't win no matches, and I'm not saying that Ruby can't lose no matches, but tell me one time, when's the last time Ruby won a match? It's been a hot second. You... Y'all gave Carmella an opportunity at the title. She was um, Sasha's first opponent as the champion outside of Bailey. Y'all gave her a whole fucking storyline. Then you just leave Riot Squad to the wayside. They don't get no traction up against Nia and Shayna, but you put Natalia and Tamina together and they get all the smoke in the world at WrestleMania. And now going into WrestleMania Backlash, I'm pretty sure they're going to get their match too. You do all of this for them and leave Liv and Ruby in the back when they are the only legitimate team on SmackDown in the women's division right now. They're the only ones. The only ones who are not slapped together with glue and fucking spit. And you treat them like they some motherfucking side-eyed jobbers and they don't get no traction. None. Ruby Riot is better than that. 
and y'all better start giving that woman her respect. Now, I'll give you Liv, because Liv still got time to better herself, but Ruby has been ready. And if you want somebody who's going to give Bianca some true, some true heel action, Liv is your girl. Well, actually, Ruby is your girl. You could have been had her have a decent feud. Now, after she get done with Bailey, y'all better figure something out. And I mean fast. Because these numbers right here, this is not good. Two of your programs together, one at least one of your programs, and Raw, Raw should not be outdoing you in the women's division in any way, shape, or form. You should be ashamed of yourself. Now, I don't know who produces the matches for SmackDown, but whoever it is, whether it's Pierce, George, Jason Jordan, um, fucking Natalia's husband, I don't give a damn. Get your shit together. Fix it. I'm well, damn. Well, no. damn. Unac un I'm just going to say unacceptable, and I'm done. I mean, it's weird to me because, <clears throat> excuse me, there was a point where SmackDown would feature all of their women on a regular basis. Like, somehow, someway found a way to feature every single one even billy Kay, when she didn't have a match she had some weird backstage segment that had nothing to do with her it could be a storyline with the guys and she would just pop up with her resume <laughs> and i don't know what happened and then it went from all that to at one point there were no women segments and then we got maybe a woman segment and then you, we, we would get, now it's like two-minute matches. And I, I will say I am happy the fact that this last SmackDown, they seem to have featured all their women in some capacity. I am upset that Ruby didn't win, so I feel like Ruby should win. Um, if you have your, if you have Natalia and Tamina having a thing with uh, Shayna and Nia, and you have a tag team that's the third, the odd person out, then you can use both of those for singles matches. Um, you could, yeah, Ruby and Carmella, you could have been working on something for me again if the rumor is true that she is going to SmackDown. You could have been doing that from the get-go, have her start filming vignettes, have her show up and maybe kind of hint at maybe something with her and Liv going, like, happening, or just something along the lines. Um, and the sad thing is, do they still have women say, now what I'm talking about no, I'm talking strictly not in the ring wrestling. Do they have women's segments? Yes, they do. Wrestling-wise, not, not so much. And I'm trying to figure out what's going on on the side of SmackDown or what is happening. Like, okay, we have Bailey versus Bianca, but that's just going to be a filler match because they haven't built anybody to face Bianca for the future. That should not be a filler match, though. Um, because when you look at the roster, they released a bunch of people. So when you look at the roster now, it's just like you obviously threw Bailey in there because there is a prior story. But that story kind of ended and it was done and over with because Bianca beat Bailey, I believe, on SmackDown. So that should have been done. You could have ran back Sasha, but two things. One, Sasha has prior engagements. And two, even before then, y'all came to the to the exclusive fact that after WrestleMania, you guys weren't going back to Sasha anyways, even if she didn't have prior engagements. 
So you should have started building someone for uh, Bianca Belair. When you look at the roster, you didn't build anybody. So now you're throwing her Bailey um, for WrestleMania backlash. She's not going to win, obviously, even though I don't know why people think she is. Bailey's not going to win. Um, so her next person, it might be Carmella, because if you notice, if it's just a regular match, they'll say, oh, regular match, but then when like they came out like this match is going to be important because they could be a deciding factor of you know maybe she'll get a title she could be like for a future title shot and you're like okay so you're you're building Carmella to be able to go against Bianca and it's just like y'all should have been doing this a long time ago you could have had it where you were building something between her and Bianca and Bailey just kept butting in so at least when you know that this thing is over with Bia- uh, with Bailey, you know that Bianca's right around the corner. What's more than going to happen is they're going to rush this after uh, backlash for the next pay per view, and then what? Who's next? Who do you have? You haven't called anybody up. Seems like you're waiting for the draft. There might be like minor shakeups. You haven't called anybody up. You have yet to work on anything with Medium if she is indeed over on SmackDown. And this is one of the biggest problems that they have is when they have a title holder and an opponent, they're not building anyone up to be the next person after them. And it's just really sad to see. It's like they regressed the women's division. It's like, y'all didn't fire so many. Y'all, have, y'all should have enough of them to put them on TV every week. And they just don't. So y'all need to do better. Raw should be having more women's matches than you when you guys undoubtedly have the better roster. Let's be real. So we got one more topic to go. Well, two. And we're going to make it as quick as possible. So Rhea Ripley recently um, admitted that she is not very comfortable um, outside of the ring um, just being herself. She is um, shy and nervous as most people would be. So the reason why I decided to bring this as a topic to the ladies is because I see a lot of people really tearing Rhea Ripley down saying that she isn't ready. I don't think people really understood what she meant. So I'm going to attempt to clarify it is very easy for you to put on a mask and be someone else. It is harder to be your true self. You can take someone shitting on a person that you created because it doesn't hurt that someone doesn't like them, right? Mm-hmm. But when you are yourself, through and through, flaws and all, those daggers come in and they come in very deep when people don't like you or when they attack you. So people tend to be protective of their true selves and they project a persona most of the time. In Rhea Ripley's case, her persona is her wrestling character. The reason why she wants to take acting classes is not because she is not prepared or isn't ready, it is to perfect herself because she understands that she has difficulty portraying 
the correct words when it is time for them to be interviewed and to speak. In the ring, it's different. The bell rings, you're on cue. She knows how to do that. But when that goes off and you have to be able to speak in public settings, have interviews with people outside of WWE, there's a whole other way to move when doing that. And I think her taking acting classes is a step in the right direction to prepare her for how she is to present herself. I've said this on many occasions for most wrestlers, people who coming into the indie scene, you need to prepare yourself in every way, shape, or form. If you plan on being in the limelight and being WWE's next big champion, or you want to be MLW's, NWA Powers, or whoever's, then you need to be able to speak. So you need to take something, communications, broadcasting, acting, whatever the case may be, something that forces you to teach yourself how to speak in a public setting in front of everyone. Improv is another one because it will teach you how to speak on the fly. And if you're going to work for WWE, that seems to be the consensus most of the time, which could be the reason why she is stumbling so when it comes to her speaking in public like this. Now, I don't like how people are just like, and then they say, well, such and such not ready, but here Rhea Ripley is the damn champion, and she can't even hold a microphone and speak on a microphone. Rhea Ripley doesn't have a problem with speaking on a microphone. Does she fumble over her words on occasion? Sure. But Charlotte Flair cut a promo about two weeks ago, and she flubbed on her words during that promo. Nobody said anything because all y'all cared about and all I cared about was the fact that she was out there shitting on people in that whole promo. You did not say anything about her missing a cue or missing a step or fumbling over words. Sasha does it all the time. Nothing. You get nothing. Naomi occasionally flubs over words when she speaks. They all do it. That doesn't mean that they're not ready or they're not prepared. It just means that they flubbed over their words for that time. If you don't like Rhea Ripley, that's fine. Just say you don't like the woman. But don't make it seem like she's not ready to be at the top of the mountain or be one of the girls because you want your favorite to be one of the girls. Rhea Ripley is more than capable. She has proven that time and time again. Now, did they move her up prematurely? I think so, but they panicked because Charlotte was out and they didn't know what to do for the Raw Women's Champion and they couldn't keep her off the card again because <laughs> the world would have a field day if Oscar wasn't there. So they did what they had to do or what they thought was right, which was to bring Rhea Ripley in have her take the title off of Asuka and probably drop it back to Charlotte at the next pay-per-view. But don't make it seem like Rhea Ripley isn't prepared or she isn't ready. In fact, it's better for her to continue to better herself than to keep flubbing and thinking everything's going to get better. Because if you're going to be like Mandy and Dana, well then, you're going to be stuck in the mid-card or non the non-existent card for the women's division for a long fucking time 
Dana Brooke is a prime example of somebody who hasn't improved in a while and are coasting. And if Mandy ain't careful, she gonna be right behind her. She already is. Look, I'm just saying. It is. I'm really sick and tired of people saying that like people automatically feel comfortable in their own skin. Cause let, I'm gonna be honest. It took me a long ass time to be comfortable with the skin I'm in and how I, you know, what I like and cause people are always like, oh, you know, we won't, yeah, people judge you. People fucking judge you for the dumbest shit. Okay, they do. And it's absolutely normal to not feel comfortable in the skin you're in or, or, you know, you're like not comfortable with yourself. It is absolutely fine. And it, it takes people, you know, she's getting help. Good for her. Some people feel comfortable taking acting lessons. Some people comfortable getting therapy, maybe both. But don't shit on someone who's trying to fucking better themselves as a person and to make them feel like they, they can wake up and not have to worry about how people are going to judge them in real life that's some bullshit it took me 35 fucking years to finally be comfortable in the skin i'm in and i'll be damned if someone's like oh you like anime yes i like anime you want to fucking fight me about it let's go because i don't (laughs) i just don't give a shit anymore i really don't and it's good for her that she's caught it and she's you know getting help and it's just because you see people who are afraid to be them true their true selves even around people who they think like they can be comfortable with and it's like people always have guards up and it took me a really long time like I don't have a lot of close friends but the ones that I do they they know how I am you guys know how I am I've talked to you guys you know you know how I am when we're not doing this yeah and you know you you got to be comfortable with yourself and honestly fuck anyone who's who's like oh i don't like you because of something and it's like okay well if you don't like me then okay like i don't give a fuck like i may not have a lot of friends but i have close friends that you know i don't need a whole lot of people i have like 10 people i consider close friends in my life and that's all i fucking need and y'all are willing to put up with my bullshit (laughs) so i mean but it's like Here's the thing people gotta remember. If your friends are, if your close friends are willing to put up with your bullshit, you gotta be willing to put up with their bullshit. And they know, they know how you are. You don't hide behind facts about shit. I mean, how many times have I gone to you guys and have like fucking breakdowns and cry to you guys? And I, I always, like when I first say, I'm like, oh fuck, they're gonna judge me. And you guys never judge me. I'm fucking crazy. But you guys have never judged me for anything. We don't think you're crazy. Yes, you do. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> anyway, liar. <laughs> but it's like, you know, and that's a lot. It's just like you see it with like a lot of people now, like especially with like older. Because, okay, I'll, I'll, I'm gonna say this, and then I'll shut up and let Janae talk. When we're when we're kids, we're taught a certain way to act, to behave, that. If you do anything outside this normalcy, people are going to think it's weird. It's okay to like weird shit. It's okay to 
go against the norm. It's okay to to not want to be like everybody. Like you want to fucking decorate your house, you know, with fucking neon colors and band posters. Who's fucking stopping you? It's your house. People don't like it. They don't have to be around you. And you shouldn't, people who don't want to be around you, why the fuck are you wasting time on them? So you know what? Good on Rhea. Like I'm happy for her. And, you know, honestly, I know this sounds like a PSA, but you're not, if people judge you for the shit that you enjoy and makes you happy and you feel like you have to be subconscious around them, they're not fucking worth your time. It's, they're really not. That was a PSA for the week, kids. There you fucking go. (laughs) Janae, got anything to say or you could? Um, but no, I'm happy that she's taking um, acting classes. I honestly believe that for the PC, because they have them, what they do, they have them cut these promos and they have them come up with the promos themselves and they, they do these promos in front of like these group of judges, whatever. And then they just tell them, oh, what, you, you should work on this. You should work on that. I honestly believe that WWE needs to find someone in Florida that has a reputable acting company and come sign, get some kind of deal with them to where they can send their wrestlers to go to this acting school once they hit a certain part of the training and once they hit a certain part of the training where it's like um we know we're going to keep you like you have your tryouts and eh, you're not sure we'll see but it's like once you get so far and they're like okay we know we're going to keep you in this company and push you a little bit farther i think they should all send them to do acting classes and i think they should do them um for like two months two or three months and they should do like every other week or every two weeks or something like that have them do their own promos because i think that would really help um some people they're not great at promos some people are excellent at promos but they're trying um do i think rhea ripley is the best at it no but she's fine everyone flubs like tiff was saying rhea's flubbed before charlotte flubbed this past this past week i just flubbed this past week on uh, monday night raw um sonia deville she flubbed a little bit um adam pierce she he flubbed before roman reigns he's flubbed before. everybody has messed up on promos no one has had a perfect promo their whole career on tv or wherever they've been so anyone talking saying shit it's i wouldn't even it's just them talking just to be talking not it's because they don't like them not because they don't like the promo they just don't like the person but i do think that wwe should go into a partnership with an actual acting company class thing and start sending their wrestlers there um just because i think that would help them a lot more and then you can also there are people within the company that are really good drew mcintyre is good new day they're good sonia deville's really good alexa bliss she's really good i would send bailey to help sometimes but i do think they should start doing acting classes with an actual class i think that's a good idea yeah i'm sure they're gonna steal it they always do (laughs) <laughs> I want money. I want money. <laughs> Final topic. And I think it's fitting because trash should always be at the end. Tess Blanchard uh. is um <laughs> she's been in the news for some odd reason. Well, her husband and Daga and her have been in the news because the speculation is that they are soon to closing their deal with AEW, and AEW has come out and emphatically denied this rumor and said, no, this isn't true. However, their favorite fan, Dave Meltzer, was one of the people who reported it, said that 
Tessa Blanchard was in very close talks to closing that deal with her and her husband, Gaga, to return to wrestling on American soil. Trash. They also said that WWE was also interested in Tessa Blanchard, and WWE sources have also shut down that rumor and said that there have been no talks with Tessa Blanchard in regards to her return to wrestling. Now, you're asking, why are people talking about this? Well, some weeks ago, a vignette was debuted on NXT called Diamond Mind. And everybody knows, well, at least everybody knew and I didn't because I don't pay attention to Tessa Blanchard like that. But apparently her gear has diamonds on it. So they automatically assume that Tessa was coming back to wrestling through NXT. Now, if you don't know Tessa's history with NXT, <laughs> you if you knew the history, then you might want to think twice about Tessa coming back. So the first problem with WWE and Tessa Blanchard came in through the very first version of the Mae Young Classic. Tessa was upset because she lost in the Classic early on, so she leaked the results to the Classic to Meltzer, I believe. The entire Classic. Like, who won the Classic, all of the matches, the winners, everything. She leaked it all. Strike number one. Okay. Oh, can I do strike two? This one is it's just trash. It's pure straight up trash, and I love it. She most definitely can. Please do. Okay. Yay. So, <laughs> number two. At the time of the May Young Classic, Tessa Blanchard was in a relationship with Ricochet. He seems to have an affinity for girls with long chins. <laughs> Janae pointed that out to me the other day, and I was like, what? She was like, Casey's got a long chin? Tessa's got a long chin? I was like, oh, shit. Oh, God. They do. Anyway. I don't know. Maybe it adds to the draw, the jaw game, you know, maybe. Oh, God. Tiff, what? I'm just saying. Casey's got to be strong to have a jaw like that. It's got to (laughs) be. Anyway, so at the time of the May Young Classic, Ricochet and Tessa Blanchard were a couple. Well, apparently Ricochet cannot keep it in his pants, and he began ricocheting to other women in the locker room. Uh, Tessa found out, and you know the spiteful bitch that just says, I'm going to shut his work and Ricochet. Yeah, she showed up. And uh, proceeded to just act a fool in front of everybody. I'm talking wrestlers, producers, the guy who does catering, and and Triple H. And Triple H was like, nope, get the fuck out. You just basically burnt your fucking bridge. You don't want anything to do with you for like ever. Then it has showed up an impact. We all know how that happened. And I, at that time, you know, I was like, well, you know, Tessa was mad because her man was cheating on her. Which one of us wouldn't have done the same thing, right? True. I didn't know about the Mae Young Classic shit until, you know, Nicole and Janae and them told me. And I was like, oh, shit. It's fucked up. And I was like, okay, maybe she, maybe she was changed. Right? 
She's in Impact, and of course, everybody was excited because Tessa was getting ready to be the first women, first woman to hold the Impact Championship, the big one, you know? It was all room for her, you know? Everybody, all eyes was on Tessa. And then, strike number three, racism. Just called a lady the N-word and spit in her face. I can yeah. tell you a lot of things. But bitch, you don't spit on nobody. Okay, that's just disrespectful. I was your ass you spit on me. So for all you kids who may not have been there, Tessa went on Twitter and tried to put this whole women empowering other women bullshit twit, uh, tweet. And little Miss Chelsea Green and uh Allison K jumped in and they're like, hold the fuck up, since when are you all about supporting other women? And then that's when the story of La Rosa Negra came out and we found out that Tessa spit on this woman. Because I'm sorry, I don't care who the fuck you are, you spit on me, I'm going to knock the dog shit out of you. I don't give a fuck. La Rosa La Negra did do that. Like, give that woman a prop. She did beat Tessa's ass. But it wasn't just Rosa. She was bullying more than just Rosa. Deanna Perrazzo has a, a horror story about her, as do countless others who talk about Tessa's disgusting attitude and how she treats people. Deanna Perrazzo got a match. It's on YouTube. Her and Tessa was in the match, and they really start fighting. In this match, they were not supposed to go this hard. Them ladies was fighting. No, like, because it's, you could see, like, there was something, and then, like, See, Peraza doesn't punch her. She bitch slaps the damn taste out of Tessa's mouth. And it was, it's glorious to watch. All you see is Tessa backing up. And then Deanna just starts going in on her. And it just, it just, it soiled what Tessa could have been and where Tessa could have gone. But what really baffled me was Gail Kim. She brushed it off as if it didn't mean anything. Meanwhile, she's been on Twitter for the last, what, five years crusading about how WWE is racist against her. And I'm like, this woman is inherently racist. And uh, what's what's her fucking name? The wannabe Sasha Banks. Uh, Hogan. Yeah, she was riding hard for her too. And I'm like, bitch, what's she done for you? It's just a mess. But... She also tore her draws a little bit with Impact. So when Impact, they went with Tessa being champion. They didn't deviate from it despite all of this shit going down because this was right around the time that their big pay-per-view was getting ready to happen. Tessa was getting ready to get the title from Callahan and that was supposed to lead them into their new era. And well, They couldn't stop midstream, you know. When you pissing, you got to keep going. You can't just cut it off, you know. So, well, I can. Women can, but y'all, y'all do. Y'all can't. Y'all can't stop joining muscles for whatever reason. Y'all can't stop peeing. So, they decided to keep going at the same vein, you know. So, she got the title. She was champion. It didn't mean anything to anybody anymore. It was quite lackluster. She kept it for a little while, and then COVID hit. COVID hits and sidelines everybody and everything, 
and she takes her ass down into Mexico with her husband, Daga, with the title. So now the title isn't seen on TV for months. Impact says, listen, you can't make it back because of COVID. There are restrictions. We understand that. Ship us the title back. You know, we'll we'll give you an opportunity at it maybe at a later date, but we're going to take the title and, you know, give it to someone else. She says, no. No, I'm not doing that. Well, we're going to ship it. You, 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 don't, you don't need a title. We, we can't have you with the title out and it's not on TV and you're keeping it. Well, no, I'm not doing that. Tessa was dead set against it all. It was no, 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 do this my way or we're not doing it at all. So, Tessa finally does give them their title back. They do get it back, but she was not, she was ended up leaving the company. Tessa was out of impact and her and her husband, Daga, was in Mexico for the remainder of 2020 and most of 2021. Now, recently she resurfaced, obviously, because a lot of people was talking about her. Recently she resurfaced talking about how she missed wrestling. She's ready to come back which is why it reinforced the idea that WWE had hired her and she's going to be the new head of Diamond Mine, whether it's a faction or whatever it is. She was going to be the center of it. When that couldn't have been further from the truth. So now the question is, what's next for Tessa Blanchard? I don't know. Quite frankly, I don't care. She can wrestle in front of her husband. Which I'm pretty sure she does every night. So strong jaw hers. <laughs> so um, she can do that and enjoy that, but I'm not. I'm good. I don't have no reason to see Tessa in any way, shape, or form. I don't want to give this woman any more manifestation because she's just with her name pop being popped back up. Uh, we've said this in previous episodes. If AEW signed Tessa Blanchard or whatever her fucking last name is um Tully needs to take responsibility for his daughter and she needs to uh be first off don't fucking sign her because you already got too many goddamn people on that roster to begin with but I think Nicole's the one who said that she goes if Tessa gets signed Tully needs to take responsibility for his daughter keep her on a super fucking short ass tight leash and if she fucks up she needs to go but I'm telling you, anywhere she goes, there's someone in that locker room that she has pissed off. There is someone, whether it's man or a woman, she has pissed off somebody or somebody's pissed off at her, and they will make her time wherever she ends up in a living hell. And again, if AEW signs there, they're fucking stupid. And I'm already not watching AEW, but sorry, you'll never get me back as long as she's there. Well, today, you got the closing arguments. What do you think? Um, honestly, I really hope I get this interview at Walmart because <laughs> Lord knows. It's just cash. More interesting than Tessa Blanchard. I can die. <laughs> well, that's my closing argument. Well, that's all we got. We ain't got no more, so. Ah. Ah. <laughs> Peace up, A-Town Down. <laughs>
All right, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, in there, that's all we got. We ain't got no more. So thank y'all so much for listening. And as always, don't forget to follow us on our social media. Add down for the count 19 is the Twitter. We always live tweet the shows there. At least we try to at least once a week. And of course, at D4TC underscore podcast is our Instagram. And that's where we like to post most of the news. So make sure you guys follow us so you can get all the tea. And as always, follow us here, wherever you're listening to us, whether it be Anchor, Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, doesn't matter. Make sure you continue to follow us because we're always going to put out content every week. And with that being said, I'm out. Peace.